Again, it is great to have you here this morning. The sun is shining and it is gorgeous. There are beautiful colors outside. We know that your time is precious and we want you to know that your time with us is meaningful. So thank you for joining us this morning. If you are joining us online, another welcome to you. We appreciate you as well and it is great to have you. So today we are in the middle of Memorial Day weekend and we are honoring and remembering those that have given their lives um, through sacrifice for serving our country. It comes with a loss to family, it comes with a loss to community, and it's just one of those honors that we needed and it was given and it's greatly appreciated because of the freedoms that we have now. So as the video has said, we want Northridge to be a safe place. And by that, what we mean is it doesn't matter if you have been a longtime believer and have been around for quite a while, or if you're just checking things out and trying to see, is this something that I want to be a part of or not? Do I believe God is even real? Wherever you are on that spectrum, Northridge is a place to come and to ask questions, to build community, to try to find answers, and to grow in whatever it is that you are looking to connect with God for. Many of you may not recognize me. Uh, could be because of masks, could be because you haven't seen me for a while. So let me introduce myself to you. My name is Chris Bickett and I am the student ministries pastor. So what that means for you is that most of the time I am in the kids area, hanging out with all of the wonderful children that get to come and hang out in the back area. It also means that every once in a while I get the privilege to come up here and share time with you as well. I have three children, and yes, I had to check my notes to make sure I got that right. They are rising 11th grader, 9th grader, and 6th grader. And that is really hard to believe because it seems like just yesterday they were all about this big and hugging knees. I also have a husband named Paul that you may have seen around, and we have three dogs. Nope. Notes. Two dogs. We have two dogs to round out our family. I'm not sure where the third one came from. So anyway, it is great to meet you. As you've heard this morning, there is some grief going on in our Northridge family. For those of you um, who've been around, you may have heard Pastor Brent and Laura talking about it just a little bit. Um, Pastor Brent's dad, Dan Bickle, was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer about two months ago. This past Wednesday, he was able to come home to be with family in order to meet Jesus with them surrounding him. So the Bickle family, the Northridge family, everyone is grieving this week with the loss of Pastor Dan. Rini and Brent and Laura, Bryce and Brittany, all of the grandchildren are thankful for the love and support that you guys have been providing for them now and over the past several months as they have been walking this very difficult journey. You know that time of prayer is important and a lot of times it seems like when prayer is all we can offer that's not enough but I can honestly tell you from my perspective from having experienced loss and from the family's perspective your prayers are immensely appreciated right now the family appreciates the time to grieve together to be able to share stories to mourn to figure out how to enter this next phase of life that is not going to include um, Dan. 
Um, I want you to also know that, as Susanna so eloquently spoke this morning, God is good. He is always good. And even in the midst of our pain and our grief, he is with us, and he walks through it with us. And there was nobody that was better at doing this with people than Pastor Dan was. You can tell by the pictures that he just has an infectious, welcoming smile. And if you had the blessing of knowing him, you know how welcoming and inviting his personality and his smile was. You also know that he cared deeply about people if you had the chance to meet him. So for those of you that did have that blessing, we are with you in your pain. It is okay to grieve. And if you feel like you need to reach out, there is support. Pastor Nick and myself, Pastor Marie, all of us are willing to talk. We're willing to listen. And please share stories. That is what the family needs right now is your prayers and your stories because this is a life worth celebrating. It was lived completely for Jesus, and the results of that are very abundant in the outpouring of love and support they've received. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9 says this, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. This is something that a lot of us know mentally, but until we get into the really hard times, we don't always think about it. But God knows us, and he loves us, and he cares for us. And he is wrapping his arms around the entire Northridge community, including the Bickle family, as we walk through this together. So I'm just going to ask if you would just spend a moment praying with me, and then we'll get into the message. Jesus, for those of us that know Dan, for those of us that know the Bickle family, the grief and the loss is heavy. At times it seems unbearable. But you are good, God, and you are with us, and you promise your peace and your comfort and your protection, and we thank you for that. We pray that you would continue to be with the Bickle family as they share times of grief, as they share times of laughter, as they continue just bonding together as they draw deeper into each other and deeper into your presence, may it just be felt in the room. We thank you that you are with us now. We thank you that you are going ahead of us. And we just thank you for the life and the gift of Dan Bickle to have inspired us, to have modeled what it means to follow Jesus so closely and to love others so extremely well. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So sometimes when things get heavy for me, um, I just need to take a break. And what I have discovered recently through my children is that Instagram is a fabulous source of funny animal pictures and animal videos. So I thought I would share one with you that I happened to find recently and saved it, thankfully. Let me offer you a picture of Donk. Donk is Beth Moore's donkey, um, apropos for his name, and his personality is just kind of shining through, and it just happened to catch my eye, and as Beth Moore said, there was nothing really she was sharing that day. She just thought that maybe it would be a blessing for people as they saw him, so my hope is that um, throughout the day today, you randomly think of Donk, 
and you think of God's blessing on your life. And now this week, I will be curious to see how many of you notice donkeys everywhere you look. <laughs> so we're in a series called Gages. And uh, basically what we're doing is looking at certain areas in our lives and just checking our tanks to see where they are. You'll notice on the image promo here that it's almost full. But if we really think about this past year, there's been times where our gauges have fluctuated quite a bit between full and empty. There may be some gauges that are actually on empty. Um, and it may be that we're just hanging out in the middle somewhere. It doesn't matter where our gauge is. What really matters is that we know where it is and that we address it if need be. So today we're going to be talking about a specific gauge that God had given me before the events of this week transpired. So it's actually very timely. Um, but before we get to what the gauge is, I want you guys to let me know if you have ever heard or said any of the following. Um, bear your soul. Or how about don't tell a soul. How about confession is good for the soul? Maybe there's not a living soul in sight? Or why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Or maybe you guys can finish this one, don't sell your soul to the devil. Yep, some of us have had that one before. Or SOS, save our souls. How many of you have heard or said some of those things before? I'm guessing most of us have, yeah. So what we're dealing with this week is our soul gauge. We are taking a look at our soul gauge to see where is it? Is it full? Is it empty? Is it fluctuating? And this week there may be quite a fluctuate, bit of fluctuation in it. So how does your soul feel? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel light? Are you maybe carrying around some anxiety or some worries? or some hurt, some frustrations, maybe some anger? Are you on the opposite end of the gauge? Are you maybe carrying around joy and peace? And it's something that you haven't maybe felt for a while, but it's there and we're thankful for that. Our soul is that part that is the deepest part of us. Society, as we know, defines it a lot of ways. And I'm guessing some of you have some songs maybe going through your head or some movies. Um, when I googled soul, I got more hits than I could possibly ever take the time to look at because we use soul a lot. But when we're talking about our soul and God, we're talking about that deep connection with him that is inside. And it's not something that can be seen with the physical eye. It's not something that we can look at somebody and say necessarily, oh, your soul is doing really well right now or your soul is not so hot right now. It takes a lot because it's so personal and private. But if we look carefully, what we can see are secondary expressions that come out of how our soul is doing. It may be our facial expressions. It may be our body expressions. It may be our body health. It may be how we interact with those around us that we love. This year, as we've talked about a lot, has brought a lot of stress. Some of us are really good at dealing with the stress and letting it go, and some of us are not so good at dealing with the stress and letting it go. 
Some of us are really good at taking stress and just stuffing it down because then we don't have to deal with it. And the problem is, if we stuff it down, then eventually it's going to leak out in some of those ways that we just talked about a few minutes ago. And as I was researching the stress aspect, Pastor Brent got a little technical with all of our hormones last week, so I'm going to go a little technical with some um, psychology here. There are four areas um, that stress will impact us in our body. The first one is physical, which we know how our body reacts, what it happens to it. The second one is psychological, which is obviously our mind. How do we handle stress? What are we doing with it mentally? The third one is psychosocial, which means how do we interact with other people? How does it impact those relationships? And the last one is my favorite. It probably shouldn't be, but it is. It is called psycho-spiritual. Yeah, there's a technical word for it. Psycho, obviously we're dealing with our mind, but when we separate them like that and we say psycho and spiritual, because they are hyphenated, it seems a little bit like they shouldn't be put together. But when we put them together, what psycho-spiritual stress means is it's a crisis of our values, meaning, and purpose. It's a joyless striving, which means instead of being productive or satisfactory or meaningful or having fulfilling work, it's striving. And it's also a misalignment of our core spiritual beliefs. So psycho-spiritual means that if we're not paying attention to the stress that we're given from outside sources, that we are dealing with ourselves, that maybe we're manifesting ourselves, that we're going to have some psycho-spiritual repercussions. We're going to have joyless striving and misalignment within us. So the question becomes, if we're taking in all of this stress and we're not having a healthy release of it, how can we do that? As was said earlier, there has been a lot of saying God is good recently because God is good. He is good amidst, amidst the trials and the hardships. So obviously we can hold joy and pain at the same time, but the question becomes how. Because if we don't know how to do that, what we tend to do is lean one way or the other. We tend to lean into the hurt and the pain or any negativity completely, or we tend to ignore it and say, everything is great and fine, and I'm going to pretend I'm joyful until I feel joyful. Today, I want us to look at how the Bible tells us we can actually handle these two things together and do it in a healthy way. The first verse is going to come from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I don't know about you, but finding rest for my soul right now sounds really, really amazing. We're talking about more rest here than simply going home and taking a nap and getting that little bit of refresher. We're talking about rest that is truly peaceful and stilling and calming for the innermost parts of us. What happens is we take on this stress and we carry these heavy burdens that we're not created to carry. 
Jesus is saying that he is the one that wants to take those, and we need to give them to him. And the benefit of that is rest and finding peace in our soul. How do you know if you're carrying around too much stress? Because I think this past year we've gotten really good at saying, I can handle it, I can handle it, I can handle it. It's okay. Nope, it'll be fine. The question is often asked, how are you doing? Today I'm saying, I'm okay. Because if I'm honest with you right now about how much I'm hurting, there's going to be a breaking. And I'm guessing that some of you may be at that point for any reason that you don't want to share in your life right now. But how do we get beyond the I'm okay? The warning signs, a few of those flags that may come out that we're not handling the stress well or it's too heavy, may be something like this. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything is good, right? Or if you're like me, like nothing, nothing, nothing right now is good. Nothing. It all sucks. It's all horrible. Nothing is good. In fact, I texted a friend yesterday who was like, hey, who is this? Because my text was coming as an email without my name. And I was like, oh, great. Glad to know you removed me from your contacts. This is fantastic. Like, no, no, it's an email without my name. I was like, of course. You know, is this a problem with my phone or with your phone? No, it's just yours that's happening too. Fantastic. You know, this week has been jacked up already. Why not add this to it? Right? Everything. Nothing. And I know, drama match. I don't know where my kids get it. I think it's from Paul. Quite honestly, I think it's from Paul. But when we start seeing those warning signs, we know we need to hand over some stress, that it's not ours to be carrying because it's too much. Jesus wants us to have a full life, and that's something that we say around Northridge a lot because it's true. Jesus doesn't want us living broken and hurting and disconnected from him. So let's take a look at how we can maybe do the giving to Jesus. Take a look at this picture that's going to come up. Don't answer it out loud yet. It says, you'll notice on the top there's the word teach, and there's also its reflection. Everybody can see that. Now here's my question. Can you read the reflection? What does the reflection say? Learn. So we have teach, and we have the reflection teach, But then if we change our perspective, if you're given a guidance, if your neighbor didn't get it, help him out. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) If we change our perspective, what we were expecting to look at was teach and we saw teach. And when we told you to look at the reflection, you saw teach because we said teach. But when we change the focus to actually read it, not just look at it, you see that it actually can say learn. It's a slight shift in our perspective. And our life is like this image a lot of times. We learn things growing up. We do things a normal way. We have our habits and our routines, and that is what we come to learn to expect. That is what we look for. That is what we see, because that is what we know. What Jesus is saying is let's change this up a little bit. If you do it my way, I'm going to show you a little bit different way to do this. 
That is how we get to the rest part. But we have to learn how to do it. We have to change our perspective. We have to get that little shift, and then suddenly it's there. Here's the Bible's one, one of the Bible's scriptures on how we can do this. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Oh, Nellie, this one's getting kind of hard. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Jesus Christ. There is so much in this passage that we could literally spend three or four messages talking about it. But it's something that is so crucial to our faith. Jesus has said, give me your burdens. And then he says, the way to do that is to pray. And I tell you what, it seems super simple, doesn't it? Pray. Pray. Praying What we say in kids' church is talking to God. It's not something that has to be scripted. It's not something that you have to do it perfectly right. It's talking to God, just like you were talking to a friend in any conversation. So simple, but not easy. Dang it, not easy. The first thing that we have to notice when it says, do not worry, is instead pray about everything. If you're like me, when you start getting into those inner turmoils in your soul, control becomes crucial. Some of you are like my husband, and you're like, we're going to go with the flow, and life is great, and it's so just, we'll handle it. And he's married to me for a reason. We are balanced. Because as go for the flow as he is, I am, let's control this. Let's hold on to this. Let me tell you. Let me guide you. Let me do. You do. Nope, I'll redo. Okay, thanks. That's great. We control. Oh, I'm so glad there's some of you like me in the room. I can hear you laughing. But the truth of the matter is when we're going to pray, we have to let go of that control. We have to give it to God. And it is a choice to give it to God. The second thing says, tell God what you need. Now, I know God is omniscient. We heard it last week. He knows everything. He has gone before us. He has gone back behind us. He is everywhere all the time, knows all things. Yes, we are told to give it to God and to tell him what we need because it forces us to give it to him. Again, control. The last thing he says is to thank him for all that he has done. This helps us remember how faithful God has been in the past, and it forces us to acknowledge what he is doing in the present. So when we hit those difficult times, when it's really heavy, when it's really hard, when it's really challenging, when we're angry or we're frustrated or we're hurting, we thank him in the midst of it, right in the middle, because that helps us focus on God It helps us acknowledge what he has done and what he will do. And it helps to pull us away from the darkness. So think of it as an equation. I'm not a math person, so if it's not technically right, it's okay. We start with prayer, 
and we take away worry. So prayer minus worry, because we're giving it to God. Then we're going to add in sharing our needs, and we're going to add in sharing our thanks. Prayer minus worry plus needs plus thanks equals God's peace. God's peace is something that we strive and strive and strive for. We want to feel calm. We want to be at peace. But the only way we can do it is when we make the choice to give it to God and to pray. Let me give you um, an example of how simple this can be, but not always how easy it can be. So I was listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about an app. And this app is called the Pause app. It's named Pause for a reason. The Pause app is created by Ransom Heart Ministries, which John Eldridge is the founder of. Some of you may recognize the name from the book Wild at Heart or Captivate. He has done both of those. But anyway, he created this app. And they created it at the end of 2019 because they felt like people could just like use a little reminder in their life to take a moment out of their day and to turn their attention to God. In fact, this is what the website says. It says, a simple way to connect with God in the middle of your day. This app invites you into the simple practice of releasing everything to God, restoring your union with God, and inviting him to fill you. Now for me, I'm like, this app sounds fantastic. That is what I need. I need to stop, I need to connect, I need to invite God in. So the way this app works is there are just a few different things you can do. There's a one-minute pause, a three, a five, and a 10-minute pause. And they work your way up to the 10-minute. You can't just jump into the 10-minute because they know most of our attention spans are about 20 seconds long. So they give us a minute for that first challenge, and you work your way up. So I did my minute on there a couple of times, and I was like, this is really good. Like, I will stop for a minute and it guides you through like some deep breaths and then just focusing on God with some verbal guidance. It's fantastic. So I recommended it to a few friends because I was like, this is so helpful. Try this. I even had a friend who was like, hey, thanks for recommending. This has been helpful, which is great. I was like, yes. So then as time goes on, you set your time reminders. They pop up twice a day. My little reminder pops up. Time to pause. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm right in the middle of doing this project. I can't do that right now. I'll get to that in just a minute. And set the phone aside. <laughs> oh, yay, Apple. Afternoon rolls around. Mm -hmm. Get my reminder. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of another project now, and then I need to go get dinner ready. So I don't really have time for this. I'll get to it later. So you guys know where I'm going with this, right? Two or three days later, I have a bunch of reminders all stacked up on the front screen. Time for your pause, time for your pause, time for your pause. And so I looked down and I was like, yep, swipe. Cleared them off. So simple, right? A one minute pause to connect with God. I'm a pastor, y'all, right? Cleared them off. Because what I felt like was those two little reminders in the middle of my day to stop and connect with God, which is what I was wanting to do, would come at too much of a cost because I was busy, because I had something that had to get done. 
because I was in the middle of a fight with a kid. That little one minute pause was exactly what I needed. And yet I chose to swipe left and clear it away. I'm not proud of that, but I think it's something that we all do at different times. We feel like what we are doing is the most important thing and I need to do what I need to do. And God's going, hey you, remember me? If you give it to me, there'll be peace. If you give it to me, there'll be rest. If you give it to me, you lighten the burden. So when I realized what I was doing as I was swiping left to clear it, I decided that whenever my reminder came up, it didn't matter what I was doing unless I was driving, (laughs) I would take that pause. And I did. And I quickly realized that the one minute pause was not enough. My soul was needing the three and the five minute pauses because that was the time it took for me to get out of my own head and my own junk and to where God was speaking to my soul. So it's not simple. Oh, it's simple. It's not easy. The time that I took to pause and to connect with God allowed me to actually feel a sense of relief because I was giving my worries in that moment to him, which is exactly what he wants us to do. It was allowing my soul the reminder to say, this is not yours. This is God's to hold for you, and you walk with him through it. And so I started taking those times with him. So I want to do a little experiment with you. It's not going to be weird. What I want you to do is just take a really deep breath and hold it. And slowly release it. If you're feeling like you can't disconnect for just a minute, close your eyes. Take a deep breath again. And this time when you let it out, force your shoulders down. And do it one more time. Take a deep breath in. And force it out as you let your shoulders down. If you're like me, that simple little act, you could feel release of tension in your body. What God is saying is, I want you to feel that release, and then I want you to connect with me. Because when you take that moment to connect with me, it recenters everything. It takes you out of you, which if you're like me, I need to get out of me sometimes. The psycho-spiritual, sometimes the psycho is a little too real. I need to get out of me so that I can focus on God. And he promises then rest and peace when it doesn't make sense in the midst of the hard and the challenging. I found a quote that I absolutely love from Emily P. Freeman. It says, Stillness is to my soul what decluttering is to my home. Stillness is to my soul what decluttering is to my home. For those of you that love to declutter, you are like, yes and amen. Let's get that out of here. 
for those of us that like to clutter, we know there comes that moment where we're like, this is too much. Like, this is too much. I need to get some stuff out of here, right? Our spiritual well-being, our psycho-spiritual well-being is the same way. The clutter that comes in, we can't always control. Some of it we let in willingly, some of it we don't let in willingly. But when we connect with God, we give it back to him, and it will still our soul. Learning and following Jesus' way, taking time to pray, taking time to be still and connect with him, giving him our burdens and our wearies, choosing to do that takes practice. But Jesus is here for it. What he says is, when you give it to me, then I will give you the peace and I will give you the rest. It allows us the ability to respond when things are difficult. We're going to pray in a few minutes, and when we do, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, only if you want to. But before we get to that, this morning, as I was doing my quiet time and I was reading, in the midst of the chapter, these verses stuck out to me. Hebrews 13, verses 7 and 8. Say, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. That is truth that we need to remember, friends. If you are hurting or struggling today, please reach out to someone that you trust, someone that you can talk to, or someone you can just ask to pray for you. If you are in a spot where your gauge is full and you are experiencing true joy and true fullness of life, reach out to someone that may be hurting because you may be the person that they need today. Those that have gone before us have laid the path and have set examples. Pastor Dan set that path. Pastor Brent has followed in that path. Their children are learning every day from them. That family is no different than each and every family represented here and at home that we know. We are all setting examples for our families and for our friends. If you feel like you need help learning the way of Jesus, this is a great place. We welcome you. We invite you. We want you to come because it is a safe place. If you feel like you want more than Sunday morning but you're not sure where to start, reach out and we will help you find that spot because the journey is different for all of us. Again, it's simple, but it's not easy. So we're gonna start with prayer and connecting with God and continue to build from there. So I had said that I was going to ask you to do something and this is what I'm going to ask. If you feel comfortable, this is only if you feel comfortable. I'm gonna ask you to put your hands out as we pray. You can do it in your lap. You can do it out in front of you, wherever your comfort level is. And the reason I'm going to have you do that today, if you're comfortable, is for two things. 
The first one is your willingness to say, I'm going to give it to you, God. Some of you, if you're like me, may need to start like this because this is how we are. This is how I'm feeling. And then force yourself to open up. The second reason I'm going to have you do this is because it also says, God, I am open and in a position to receive what you have for me today. So it's two ways. It's always two ways with God. I'm willing to give to you and I'm willing to receive. And trust me, it is always a choice. God does not force us to give him anything. God does not force us to take time for him. He does not force us to give him our weights and our burdens. But he says, I am here. I want you to give it to me. And I am with you always. Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares for you. Will you pray with me, please? Jesus, again, we say thank you for being so good and for loving us so well. Thank you for being the one who is willing to take all of our burdens and our weights and to carry them for us. Thank you that you are willing to give us peace and rest when we do this. My prayer today is that you would help us to connect with you. Help us start with just talking to you a little bit, spending time to pray because you promise your peace and your presence when we do that. When we're in the difficult challenges, help us to look towards you for centering and for guidance, for calming our souls, Father. I pray that if we are in a place of just joy and peace right now, thank you. Thank you for these moments. Help us to reach out to those that may be hurting. Help us to talk about how good you are in our lives so that others can hear it as well. Thank you, Jesus, for being our model. Thank you for the leaders that have gone before us who follow your way that we can learn from. Thank you for those who have invested in our lives. We pray again that you be with the Bickle family during this time of grief and loss, that you would continue bringing to mind the memories, the joy, and your goodness in the midst of their hurt and their pain. Comfort our Northridge family. Comfort those that um, know all of the Bickle family far and wide. Thank you for this day and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.